This is Neon Radio, episode 171, with IST practitioner Bryce Kennedy. Welcome to Neon Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, fashion and lifestyle photographer for today's top brands, performers, and game changers. On this podcast, we explore the body, mind, and soul of the creative entrepreneur, bringing you inspiring guests to help take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. What is up, fellow Neonites? It's your host here, Nick Onkin, and I'm excited to bring to you today's interview and guest as we talk about how you can channel your anger into power and creativity. As you know, anger is an emotion a lot of times looked down upon. I know it was for me growing up, anger was a very suppressed emotion. It was something that wasn't allowed to be expressed. And I think there's obviously a, a, a big difference between anger and aggression. And when you let anger turn into aggression, that's where things go wrong when you start hurting people and whatnot. But anger is a norm, normal emotion that you have to release. And today I sit down with Bryce Kennedy. He is an IST healer and coach. Uh, IST is interspace healing, interspace technique, which is a healing technique that helps you get back to your emotional, helps you find your emotional patterns, get back to the source of where things came from. And he also helps, helps you, coaches you through channeling anger into power and creativity through what he does. He also does feng shui, Super interesting. He came in to help me with my apartment here in New York City and learned some cool and interesting things about arranging the apartment and the energy of the room and how you can move things around to release stuck energy as sometimes if you go on and on without moving things around, energy can get stuck. But really excited to bring to you it's today's guest. It's super interesting stuff, and I think that you'll really enjoy this. As you know, I've been on this journey myself of spirituality and inner space, inner world, and how that relates to creativity. So I'm exploring these things with different individuals that have expertise in their area, and Bryce is one of them. And if you haven't done so already, go over to theneonlife.com slash quiz. You can take the 10-question quick survey there, and we'll serve you up some free content to help you out with worth where you're at in your creative journey. You can also join the Neon Life community over at neonlife.com slash community. So with that, I bring to you today's guest, Mr. Bryce Kennedy. What is up, everyone? Today, we've got Bryce Kennedy here with us. He is an IST master, and we'll get into what that is, inner space therapy slash techniques, and it's great stuff. We did a session a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was really amazing. Also, feng shui consultant slash you may be better at explaining this to me, or like what you would call it, but uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. It's great to be here. Yeah, super excited. So first of all, Let's talk about what IST is and how you how you got into it. Cool. So, you know, I always like explaining IST from a story, a perspective. So basically what IST is, is it's one of those things where we all have these blocks inside us, right? And when these blocks get too too clamped down, they 
they restrain our energy and then we don't get to move in life. And this, you see this with people or yourself where you get really, really stuck. And then you start living from that perspective. And this can come from a wound. This can come from a trauma. This can come from a belief. And one, the example I want to give is like, so when I was in kindergarten, right, I have a twin sister. We both failed kindergarten. And I remember it was the second time we were repeating kindergarten and my, and I couldn't cut out bats, the damn little animals. And <laughs> my teacher in front of everyone goes, boy, Bryce, for failing kindergarten, you think you'd be better at cutting bats. And it just shattered me. It shattered me. Like, so, however old I was, like five or six years old. And in that moment, I realized two things. One, I was stupid. And two, I would never let anyone think I was stupid again. Yeah. And so that is what IST does. It gets back to that root so you can open up that that belief that was formed normally in childhood or throughout your life. But like and that that's really the big the big thing is kind of releasing those judgments and beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. So how does it actually work? Like let's paint a visual picture, a mental picture here sure, of sure. like you know, when you're doing a session, how does it work? What does it look like? So basically the whole thing is, is it's a specialized form of meditation to get people under the normal conscious mind into these deep unconscious areas where these beliefs are. So for, for example, a person will come in, we'll have a a discussion, they'll lay down and they close their eyes and we start to just sink into the space. And the way I really like to think of it is, is imagine you were in a pool and you had a brick on your chest and you just let that weight carry you down. Mm. And basically it's, it's beneath the thinking mind because that's where the good stuff is, right? This is mm-hmm. so IST at its core is about transformation. It's about unlocking these parts of ourselves that we haven't been able to access before because mm-hmm. of, say, these traumas or these beliefs or whatever. And so, really, what it is is sinking down into this area. And then, what I do is I ask a series of questions mm-hmm. and then you tell me what your experience is. The great thing about IST is it's not me telling you what's going on, like some types of therapy or hypnotherapy. It's more of me pulling out what you're experiencing in the space. And that's really why I love this technique because it's all your experiences. Mm -hmm. It's all your experiences. Like, and it's one of the reasons, so I used to be an attorney and when I was going through my transformation into a different form of my life, this was the only technique that would allow like me to get through my, my twisted attorney brain that, didn't believe in anything because if it's experiential you you can't write it off yeah right so yeah yeah absolutely so let's jump back to when you first discovered it how did you discover that you found somebody who practices it and then like what intrigued you to to go that route so i was like i said i was an attorney we were working about 90 hours a week on this crazy case for Oh my God, probably two years straight. And so I was starting to get a little funky. And my my poor girlfriend at the time, now wife, I uh, was like, okay, you need help. You need to get out of here. And I was so like, just bullheaded. I'm not going to try any of this hippie stuff. And she's like, why don't you try acupuncture? And I was like, all right, I'll try acupuncture. And so that opened up a lot of stuff. And from there, I was like, you know what? I need to go be an actor. And she's like, what? I was like, which was always a dream. So I went to acting school at uh, William Esper Studios here in New York. And as I was acting, like, I started releasing these emotions. And in the middle of my forehead, I started having this pain. And, and my acting teacher was like, oh, that's your third eye opening. 
you know, say this to <laughs> like an attorney. What? I was like, and what then... are you talking about? That's insane. There's no way. I, I, no, it's an aneurysm and I'm dying. And she's like, no, no, it's your third eye, brother. And I was like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. She's like, but there's this third eye awakening meditation that happens to come around like every few years in New York. There's one next week. Should you go? And I was like, at this point, I was willing to try anything. So I go to this third eye meditation and I started having experiences of just openings, like feelings and colors and all this stuff was happening and deep knowing. And eventually the person who was leading that was an IST practitioner. And she's like, why don't you come and do a session with me? And I remember the very first session was it, it was life-changing. I laid down and I was like, I don't think this is going to work. I really appreciate you. I think you're really good. And she's like, you are so tight and so stuck and so in your own story. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. And I lay down. The energy opens up. And I just drop into a part of myself probably for like 33 years I never entered. And I just, I I wept. I mean, wow. I, I wept at not just like a, oh, you know, like this was like, <laughs> like deep, deep guttural weeping of just repressed emotions that I'd never experienced. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was when you discovered the the, the kindergarten. Yeah. Bad, and that, that's day. when I saw it. And and so what was coming out is like, oh, why did you want to be an attorney? If you don't like it, why? And so what was funny is like in that kindergarten moment, in that, that one scar, it basically in um, Sanskrit, they have a call. They call it those type of scars, samskara. And basically they're uh. clamps of our energy or scars of the mind where those scars dictate unconscious patterns and movements throughout your entire life. So in that, that moment when that teacher humiliated me, I felt like I was stupid and that I would never be seen as stupid again. And so it was interesting when we started winding back into my childhood and then into throughout my life, I was like, wow, okay, cool. Not to feel stupid. What does that mean? I'll become an attorney. I'll work for the best law firm. I'll make the best grades. I'll make all this money. Like basically always running from that feeling of being seen as stupid. Right, right, right. right. Which also meant that I never actually got to live the life that I really wanted to. Mm. How so? Because that fear was so incarnated into me at such a young age that I never like, I never got to sit back. I shouldn't say never, but I didn't get a chance to really step back and be like, Bryce, what do you want? That fear was that fear was driving me. Like it was my main motivation of being what I was. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was act. Okay, cool. So as I started unraveling and unwinding this samskara, this clamp, then I could start doing more things like, oh, wow, I really want to be creative. Oh, I want to explore healing modalities oh wow there's this whole side of spirituality what does this mean yeah and then i started discovering myself and i'll tell you what it was a complete 180 of who i was a complete you know i was a frat guy i drank my face off (laughs) i you know was an attorney who you know lived for happy hours and weekends yeah Wow, that's uh, that's quite a 180. Now you're meditating three hours a day and yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe off to a full month of meditation. That's true, yeah. <laughs> so tell me about the uh, taking, you going to a school for this for the last however however many years. Yeah. And what, what does that entail? Like what kinds of things you're meditating, you're, you're, what kinds of things are you learning? Yeah, so the school is called Claire Vision. And basically, so it was founded by a doctor named uh, Samuel Sagan. 30, uh, about 30 years ago, I think. And 
what I love about this school is it's really for, in my opinion, overthinkers and overachievers. Right. So it, it's for people that have drive and that, that want structure. And so he laid out, he studied with all these Indian gurus and these masters and the Taoists. He, he really comprised, I think, techniques into a single system mm-hmm. that you can follow to just deepen your levels of meditation, which the whole point is to raise your voltage of consciousness. So, you know, most of us live with one state of consciousness. That's really the stuck kind of material, like me. Okay, so my consciousness was like, I'm a lawyer. I'll take a vacation twice a year, have weekends off, party with my friends. <laughs> cool, that's my life. Oh, I'll, I'll maybe go up to partner, right? And so that just embodied my consciousness. But then what this school meditation does is it unravels these parts and opens up you to seeing these other planes of consciousness that you have access to. Mm. And like it feeds, what's funny is it feeds the part of me that does have that structure that does like learning because before what I was doing was I was cobbling together all of these different techniques from these different traditions, you know, trying a breathing technique here that I read from Wim Hof and then another technique from Deepak Chopra and then another from, you know, whoever. And what happens is, is there's no real alignment yep. or at least there's not. And what this school does is it, it brings, it's a curriculum. Right. And you can take it as far as you want. You can go, you can meditate once a week and that's fine. Or you could take it to the point where I'm really trying to push it, where I meditate three hours a day. I'm doing, I have my IST practice and then I'll go to the school out in California and meditate anywhere between two and six weeks a year. Wow. Yeah. Two and six weeks a year. Yeah. At a, like for a full straight dedication. Sometimes block. for a full chunk. Other times it'll be broken up throughout the year. Yeah. So what's the purpose or point or what do you, from doing a meditation like that, what do you, what does that let you access? The real point for me at least was to, to figure out who I was and still figuring out who I am. Mm-hmm. That's what I really, really love. Some people love it for, you know, say people take acid, right? And they have all these out-of-body experiences. Great. Meditation could definitely be that. For me, though, my drive is like for someone who who lived a life that wasn't necessarily mine for so long, like I want to see who the hell I am. Like I want to see what I look like with no limits, no beliefs, excuse me, no impending beliefs or impeding beliefs. I want to see what like what the hell am I capable of where I thought I was X and all of a sudden, you know, I'm the entire alphabet plus Latin. You You know, it's like like what what is Bryce? What is Bryce? Right, that's right. see, that's my drive. For other people, it's different motivations. For other people, it's like they want to feel powerful, or they want to feel calm, or they want to, you know, have those out of body yeah. experiences. Yeah. Have you figured out what what Bryce is? Oh, he's, to a he's extent. just a beast. He's. No, <laughs> I mean, he, you know, the the big thing that I I'm starting to realize is like there's a deep vulnerability that loves people at this core. Yep. That I. Is especially for a man that's really difficult to reckon with because it's one of those things like how do you hold vulnerability and how do you do that? But then there's this other piece that I'm starting to uncover. People would say it's the shadow side or this other side where it's like, oh shit, there's like a primal beast under there as well. Yeah. And so when you really, really meditate, like really, really meditate, you start uncovering these parts of yourselves that were were a sin or forbidden or judged or all these other things like 
the true gamut of what a human being is. And right. it's fucking phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, it's it's interesting because like so much of, you know, what we are, it's like 95% subconscious and 5% conscious of, of our thoughts and everything, right? So like, you know, of the work that we do, I feel like ther- regular therapy is like 5%. And then like all the rest of the reprogramming happens in that 95% subconscious, which you have to use different modalities like this and other energy, energetic healings and different things for, how would you say it, so you're pulling up people's subconscious thoughts, correct? Well, we're, we're more of... Or energy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're, we're, going, we're going into, basically we're looking for the source of the thing that's holding them back from them being not being them. Mm. We're, we're going to the samskara. We're going to this root or this seed or this clamp that right. is, is blocking them. So yeah. And, and it's like some people come in where they're angry. Right. And they're like, well, I can't be angry. You know, you'll see this a lot with, with men now where they, they don't feel like they have a place to be angry. Okay, cool. So they'll lay down. We'll get into the space. The space lands. It opens up. And we start digging. Okay, what are you angry about? What does that feel like? What do you see? Oh, it feels hot. It feels cold. Okay, cool. What's What else is there? Oh, I'm, I'm remembering this time where I yelled and then I got shamed for it. Okay, cool. Let's go back a little further. And what it does is it goes back and back and back to that source and to that one moment. Because the minute you feel and see and acknowledge and experience mm. that first moment, it it unravels Everything. I had one person say this was like 10 years of therapy in one session. Wow. Because you're getting to the source and you're experiencing it as opposed to me like, oh, what this is in Freud, uh, you know, this is your mother, (laughs) Oedipus theory of da-da-da-da. Well, because you operate from that wound for for your whole life. Right. Um, Just like me, right? I became that lawyer. I wanted to be seen as intelligent as all this other stuff. Right. But it was never what I really wanted. You know, once you discover that, like, then what? Like, how does it, what's the healing or the integration that goes along with that? That's a good question. So basically, you start, you, you become more conscious of all of your choices. Like, I could have stayed a lawyer. That, that didn't fine. Like, it didn't mean, like, I have to stop being a lawyer if you see stuff like that. It doesn't mean you have to go meditate or anything like that. Right. It really is like, okay, cool. Now that I've unraveled that, now that I've seen that, is this something that interests me? And so say you wanted to stop eating sugar, right? The first step would be stop eating sugar. Yeah. And, you know, and for me, if I wanted to start being more of what I've seen of myself, then I would start being more of what I've seen. So I would start acting from that yeah. or start being, not acting, start mm-hmm. being from that, that new place. You know, like for example, when I, when I opened up that scared little boy who was humiliated, underneath there was the real me. And so when I saw this real me, it was actually this guy who who had this devotion to something so big inside himself, this, you know, love of of life and of people and of deep, deep, deep caring, which I I saw on the outside but never really owned it. Yeah. So yeah. the first step with that would be own it, feel it, like care about people, mm-hmm. you know, and even though that's scary and whatever, like do it. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's what I would say is like once you see that, just start acting on it. Got it, got it, got it. But how do you, you know, do you feel like things are, you know, I guess what I was talking about to the like the subconscious is sometimes it's so hard to 
just consciously remember to shift in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Or just like, even though you know what to do, we have this like default wiring almost that kind of makes us naturally react to triggers and things like that. Do you think that is affected by that? Yeah, because what happens is, is, so that default wiring, like I used to, I used to get real angry, right? And my, my wife and I, however, she, she's a fiery Irish woman and I, I have my thing. And so we used to just, we clashed a lot. When you start opening up the samskaras and releasing that reaction, like there's nothing there to react from anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's wild for me. There's a conscious choice, but there's no, no more energy for me to react from like what used to trigger me doesn't trigger me anymore just because mm. it's gone. And it's not like I'm this, you know, Buddhist that just meditates all day. It's like, nothing bothers me. I am one. You know, it's not <laughs> that type of horseshit. It's like, it just doesn't exist. Huh. Like I just, I can't do it if I wanted to. Cause some people, I think what they do is they like, they put on this cloak where they're like, I am, I am spiritual now. And <laughs> you know, we're all one and, and you're suffering. And so I understand your pain. That's kind of bullshit because you're really repressing stuff a lot of time. That's what I notice with a lot of people that I work with that kind of have that cloak. But what really is, is like, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's so much more real. Yeah. No, totally. It's funny how, because I noticed this, the whole spiritual ego thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I get people that get so spiritually hoity-toity and like out, not even like, can't even communicate with them because they're on another like planet yeah and because the real thing like when you start pulling these things out and opening up these parts of yourself it's not that you separate from the world it's you become more of it like you enjoy things on the planet more the material life more the thing is is you're just not driving them because you think at an unconscious level that you need them right or you don't go to the other realm where you meditate in a cave for 30 years, which is fine. If that's your path, great. But like, <laughs> like there is something about wanting a Ferrari and driving fast and shooting tanks and like, you know, yeah. and meditating shooting. at the same time. Like whatever that thing is, like if it comes from a real place, great. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's that real place is for that own, uh, that one person to define because. Exactly. That's exactly it. Good point. Yeah. You're never going to know. You know, I mean, you can definitely sniff people out who are doing it for the the, val- the ego validation. I mean, look at our president. Like, he's president because he, his ego is so big, he needs to be validated, right? 100%. And it's it's so funny. Like, you can smell it from, like, thousands of miles away. Yeah. It's so fascinating, right, that to see that side of things. But then you have other people who are super authentic to who they are and still love driving great cars. And, you know, they're just who they're being, like completely accompanies that. Yeah. I, I notice there's people that are just really, they just feel solid. Like, I don't know how to say it in any other way, but they just have this solidity where it's not like there, there's one, here's the big difference. One person is acting. The other person is being, mm-hmm. and like you can really smell the people that are being it because they just embody it. Yeah. There's no, they don't even need to talk about it. You know, I noticed that like people that say, when they talk about something in excess, it's normally they're trying to convince themselves as well. Trust me, I know it. I, yeah. I know it very well. As opposed to being, it's just like you are it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I totally get that because like, you know, years ago I went through this whole process of, of, you know, my whole career of photography really was like finding so much of my self-worth in who I was shooting, what I was shooting with brands I was shooting, the money I was making and all this stuff. And, you know, when a lot of, when some of that stuff kind of fell away, like I had this whole like crisis of like, Mm. who am I, you know, without all these things and, you know, getting so attached to the creative output and like the reception of the creative output created a external validation for me. And then there's so much work that I've been doing over the last few years in terms of like going to the other side, right. And like doing the internal work to become that solid grounded type of person. So, and I'm still doing it. It's like, I think it's, we're reaching for that higher, like we're trying to shed all the shit to get to that higher self. And though when you're living at the closest to your higher self is who you're being, right? Right, 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 right. So that's, yeah, that's, I mean, super interesting to like, and I think that's, you know, IST obviously helps you get there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Helps you find the root of the shit that like keeps you from that. Totally. Yeah. You know, it's like all of a sudden you have a choice in life. That's it. It's like you start seeing choices as opposed to have tos. Like kind of to your point, right? You, you wanted the brand, you wanted these people, you wanted these things for validations, but it wasn't so much as a choice as like, I need this. Mm. Like, and I, I had my version, right? Like when I first left law and did feng shui, like I wanted big brands under my, my name so I could show everyone, look how capable I am as a person, as a feng shui expert, right? you know? And, and I did, I got major companies. Yeah. There was nothing fulfilling about it. Like I, I didn't even know that it could be fulfilling. And once I stopped that, then I started working with funny enough, women in New York that are professionals and single. Oh, they just came to me. It, like it was one of these <laughs> things where it just life happened. I was like, all right, I'll help you. And I had, I still do have like an amazing track record from it because there's no ego in it. It's mm. literally, there's something in me that wants to help women so badly to find love in the city where they've just been shit on most of their lives. Yeah. And so that, that comes easy. But like, had I tried to do it from a place of like, I need to be, Hitch, the love guru in New York City, <laughs> I guarantee you I would have never had any clients yeah. or at least it, fulfilling clients. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So do you, is that like, the, you use IST to like, to help with that? Is that, is that was that a different? Uh... That was feng shui. So I, oh, feng shui was, feng shui is with the single women. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do single men too, but predominantly single women really take to this a lot more. So now the feng shui with the how, like with your like space feng shui? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to dive into that in okay, just a okay, second. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. let's, let's kind of, I, I want to go to, I want to talk about the lower chakras. Do we, and we were talking about this like a couple weeks ago, but like, how do you turn, how turning, turning like anger into power and creativity? Cause I think that's super fascinating, right? Because like when, when anger becomes aggression and you start hurting people, it's, mm-hmm bad it's wrong it's like you know you don't want to hurt people but like how do you how do you release anger properly or channel it like we're talking about channel it into power and uh, you know higher creativity so let's just call it the belly because it Mm -hmm. it could be one of those three chakras or all the three chakras right right or chakra pardon me chakras Um, it's like those uh, those words are so woo -woo. it's so funny here i had just some guy from greensburg (laughs) pennsylvania um so the belly, that whole region, that's the vagina, the penis, the under the the belly button up to, I'd say, 
right below the breast, right? So those, that whole area, the belly, this mm. is this is the powerhouse of fucking creativity. And this mm. is my favorite part to IST with people. What happens is, is there's that anger yeah. that we talked about. There's the repressed sexuality. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people have that. There's the, the shame and the guilt. And what's funny is, I like to look at it as in three stages, right? So most people feel one of those three, four, or five things. And that's stage one, right? They might go a little deeper and then start to feel more of like, okay, cool. What's the root of that? Well, my dad did X, Y, Z, or my girlfriend left me here, or blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so now they have the story. I'd say that's like phase 1.5 into phase two. Phase three is actually when you start to experience the level of rage and anger mm. and suppression you have, like to the point where you say, I can't, I can't go any further. This is where most people stop. Most people identify the anger. They see what caused it. They're trying to be nicer, all this other stuff. But it's phase three when you start to pierce it and start to own it. Mm. Like for me, an example is like I, I was a really angry guy. Okay, great. Why? Well, because I wasn't doing what I wanted in life and I was projecting that onto my wife. Great. So let's feel it. So the more and more I went into the anger, like, I could feel how, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to control this anger. Okay, cool. Let's keep going deeper. Um, you know, it's a dark pit down there. Um, it's fiery. I feel like I'll, you know, rape, pillage, and murder an entire <laughs> village. Uh, okay, cool. Let's go deeper. Um, sometimes you can go into a past life if you believe that of like why you're angry or something in this life. And then you really see why you're angry. And it was like, oh, because I was hurt or because someone betrayed me. Yeah. And then the minute you pierce through that layer and open to it, you just open to this fucking force lies creativity. Mm. It's like this pull. To, well, it's another state of consciousness. Yeah. It's that state. And it's funny is like if people could just get through those first three layers and into this fourth one, into this 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 pool of creativity, yeah. it would change people's lives. Like, but it's so funny because it's normally this the the part you don't want to go through is the part you have to go through. Mm. If you are stuck creatively, that's normally one that's normally the big block. Right. Right. And anger is just a force. Like mm. if we take the stories away from it and oh what what are we going to do and you you use it as a force as an energy and start to penetrate it and start to spread into it, then it becomes fuel. Mm. It, it it allows you to to like a fire when it's trying to be stuffed into a little thing, it can explode. Yeah. That's that's where most anger comes from. That's where people cheat because they're they're suppressing their sexuality. That's where all these things happen is because it's just suppressed and repressed. But if you went into it in a space where you could totally let it go and then get to the other side, oh my God, the creativity that I've seen from people yeah. is massive. Wow. Wow. How does one how would one assess themselves as blocked in that sense, right? Like What's like, how do you kind of, if somebody's here listening to this is like, oh, I wonder if I'm actually blocked in that space. You know, the simplest way is like, where are you stuck in life? Like where, well, the easiest one is like, how's your sex life? Another way is like, how, how is income flowing? Mm-hmm. How are your projects? The other way that you know that that area is blocked is like, you just, you're, you're, you're phoning it in. Mm. It's this very vanilla life 
where and there's nothing wrong with just phoning it in. I'm I'm just saying like I, I have a people feeling the people listening to this podcast want more. Oh yeah. So okay, cool. So it, it's like I come home, watch Netflix five days a week, weekend stuff. It's like this kind of numb, low level of acceptance of anxiety, and you're just following a path that's just laid out for you. Right. That's normally where I see it, where there's just this discontent. And most people in the world are fine with the discontent. Mm-hmm. They're totally satisfied with that. If you're not, it's normally this belly area that's like really holding you back. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. So how does how do people move through those three, the three steps? Well, the, fir- the first one is, is, is awareness. Like you say to yourself, okay, cool. I, I am stuck. Like, you know, and there's different levels of stuck. Like one one level I really like to use is where there's two locomotives and they're just head to head pushing against each other. Mm. One's trying to go north, one's trying to go south. And like you're in that in between mm-hmm. with just this pressure and you don't know how to move. That that's that's one. Got it. The other one is that kind of like, wow, where did the last ten years go? What have I been doing for ten years? Right. Or the other one is like, I have this burning passion, I don't know what to do. So you want to get clear on what stage you're in what phase of life you're in where you are i see this from ceos that i've worked with down to you know struggling actors that have just started out of school like it it doesn't differentiate it's really amazing yeah it's amazing so awareness 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 for phase one phase two is you want to start looking at like okay cool what are the feelings there most people just stay with the anxiety maybe a low level of fear shame's always a good coding for that one or guilt or regret I like that. it's just like yeah we'll just sprinkle some of that on there and if you notice like that's there cool you're probably in this blocked belly area and then the third one is, is you need to find someone or you want to find someone that uh can help open this area up. Mm. that that's the thing it's like because if you could have done it yourself you would have done it yourself right that's always the indicator like most people think they can do it themselves and maybe some can. I'm not saying like, don't try. I tried for a very long time, but then it got to the point where it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm done being in minor leagues. It's yeah. time for me to be in the major leagues. Let's call on it. The big boys. Right. Right. Got it. Got it. So I know how I, this is curiosity too. It's like a little bit jumping forward, but how do you, how does this stuff work? Cause you do it through Skype and you can do it through, through the interwebs. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, cause the experience that we had, you know, laying, just laying down on a, on a pad in the room, you know, had this like, I guess, tangible experience. Mm. How does it work when you're doing it with, when you're doing it via Skype and, and things like that? So we're going to get into the trade secrets here. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> there's a reason. So it took me five years to become an IST practitioner. There's only five IST practitioners in New York. I mm-hmm. think maybe three. 30 in the world. Wow. And it requires a high level of meditation, of stillness, of silencing the brain, and really, really heavy duty working on yourself. Like you have to reach a certain level of clarity in yourself to be able to practice for other people. And what that is, is basically we all have our higher selves above, right? My job is, is to hold the space so we can energetically work with say connections whatever you want to say those connections are energies the divine angels your higher self but they're from a very very clear state that are yours 
Mm-hmm. It's not like a fortune teller where I'm plugging into my own connections and being like, oh, yeah, cool. Your grandpa's talking to me. Not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything bad with that. <laughs> but it's it's different. That's me doing it. You. This is like I'm holding the space open so you essentially get to be a part of who you truly are. Like a, be a part of your true highest nature mm-hmm. and descend with these parts of yourself that can connect to these higher spaces. Right. To these higher states of consciousness. But yeah, if you could just look at it as like me, some people have called it like spiritual surgery. Essentially, I'm opening up the space and then the person goes to where they know where to go. Got it. Got it. Cool. I love it. I love it. Well, it sounds like you've been helping lots and lots of people with this. Yeah. Yeah. I never in a million years would have thought I would be doing this. Never. But it's one of those things where it's like, for me, once I saw what it did to me, I was like, uh, and I've always been like that, it, whether it was shoes or the new technique of whatever. I, I've always told people, I was like, you, you got to go do this. You got to go do this. Yeah. And this was one of these things where I was like, okay, I need to be this. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I mean, obviously, like you have to experience it and test it out. And totally. See yeah, for sure. The what I was going to ask is, is no, you also do this for corporations. You do a lighter version, a mm. lighter version for you go into companies and 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 work with people throughout a day what does that look like so yeah my partner katie tyson and i founded a company called other 50 coaching and what we wanted to do since i have such a corporate background she has a corporate background we were noticing that coaches and that they're they're fine that you know that's what they need to be is they're very they focus on techniques symptoms stuff like that We wanted to see if we could go into corporations and work deeply with people to unblock themselves in the thick of the battle and then go be more productive, more open, more creative and help facilitate, you know, with communication and whatnot. And so essentially we did that. We, we have a few different ways we do it. Like one, we work with a new large consulting company and we are there from 10 to 5 and we see these people for 30 minutes essentially 30 minutes slots and they sit down sometimes we'll do a brief meditation if not and you know it's one of those things like i open up the space like Mm. i don't say i open up the space there's nothing to to say but i just open up the space and basically what that is is like i open up my heart like you know like i i i care about the person in this confidential bubble. Right. And nine times out of 10, the person opens, yep. which means they're not talking about, oh, the normal kind of superficial stuff. Like we go deep. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing to see how, if you care about someone, that that's really it. So let me backtrack. Like when I say open up the space, really what it is, is it's like you care about the person. You want this person to win. Right. Like whether it's IST, whether it's feng shui, whether it's coaching, it's like, you want this person to win because you never want them to suffer the way you did. Like I did to be blind for 33 years to what I was capable of and who I was. And so anyway, that's what I, that's what we bring. Katie's the same way. We bring that type of coaching then into the corporations where the people then can open to these parts of themselves. They never thought they could. Got it. What would be kind of a cool example? Not that you have to name names or anything, but just like, of somebody who came in and like, that's far from like woo woo land. And like, you know, you're talking like hard executive type a type of person. And then they come in and then by the end, 
they start opening up and creating shifts. I had one guy who was like, I am a senior partner at my law firm. I make so much money that I'll never need to worry again. He's like, but I can never quit because my family is so used to that standard of living. And he's like, I hate my job. I've hated it since the day I was a clerk here. He's like, I hate it. He's like, I hate my life. I hate my wife. I hate my family. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, here we go. Yeah. And I was just like, (laughs) and what it was just a quick side. note was like, it it was like me looking at my future self. Had I taken that path? Had I stayed on that path? It was just like, I had a cold or bucket of cold water on me. So essentially normal, our normal thing would be to like, okay, cool. How can I give this guy tips to feel better? And you know, gratitude (laughs) and all this shit. Instead, I just I just sat there and I was like, well, how do you feel, man? For real. He's like, I hate it. I hate it all. And I was like, all right, where do you feel it? When you know, in the belly. I was like, all right, so let's start feeling in the belly. And we're just talking. Like, I'm in a suit. He's in a suit. There's no talk of woo-woo. We're not even talking meditation here. Like, everything's <laughs> off the table. And I was like, well, what do you feel? And he's like, I'm just fucking pissed, man. I'm just fucking pissed. And, and I was like, about what? He's like, I'm tired of living a bullshit life. He's like, I'm tired of being afraid. And he's just like starts talking. And instead of being like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, okay. I was like, okay, cool. I just kept pressing in. Because here's the thing is like when people have that intensity and they're starting to show it, the best way to do it is match that intensity. I was like, okay, cool. So you're tired. You're tired of what? What are you tired of, man? And he's like, he's like, I, I, I'm tired of pretending like I know what I'm doing. He's like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. And I was like, what does that feel like? He's like, I'm just fucking tired of being scared. Starts crying. Wow. He's like, I'm tired of being scared. And in that moment, you just shut up. You hold that space in your heart. You let this space open for him where he just revealed this deep, deep, deep part of himself Mm -hmm. that has, he's never admitted to himself. 55 years, Jeez. never admitting it. That's a, that's a lot of holding on. Yeah. It's a whole lot of holding on. And it's like, you know, there's times I'll, I'll, I'll cry with them. Like, because it, it's just, I don't think about it. It's like, you can't help but not be with them in battle. Mm-hmm. And we're doing this in the middle of a law firm. This guy is like top of the top. And wow. He all of a sudden, through that opening though, he started realizing he's like, he's like, holy shit. He's went back to his childhood because of his mom who kept saying he was never good enough. <laughs> You'll never be good enough. You'll never be good enough. And he's like, that fucking bitch. <laughs> she was dead by now. And and he's like, and I'm doing it to my kids. Holy shit, I'm doing it to my kids. He's like, I gotta go. Fucking left work and went home straight to his kids and apologized. Wow. Yeah. I saw him a few other times and was a completely different man. Wow. Yeah. Is he still working at the firm? still at the firm. He's still at the firm. He's still at the firm. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's one of those things like now he gets to choose to be there. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's huge. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's probably cool to see all these like people really like open up and totally. break down. Yeah. 
Well, cool. I love that. I want to talk a little bit about feng shui. Yeah. And uh, for those of us that don't quite know what that means, could you give us a little description? That would be including me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard it. I've t- like I've heard it You've from the, the peripherals, books, there's, there's but like commercial. I don't really actually know the essence or the meaning or like the focus of, of feng shui. So feng shui means wind and water, and it is all about flow. Mm. And when I st- before I became an IST practitioner, right when I started meditating, my acupuncturist, who was Paul Kimawikasit, who is the most badass acupuncturist in the world, he suggested that I go study feng shui. And I was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, Bryce, I just have, he, he he's just tapped into shit. And I was like, all right, I, I'll go to San Diego and study feng shui with this feng shui master. <laughs> and I told my wife, she's like, what are you doing? Anyway, so... What I really got from it, studying for this and this this program and this thing was our space affects us. It affects our consciousness. It affects everything. And basically, our inner landscape is reflected out in our external landscape. Hmm. And it is one of the best tools for people who say don't want to do IST, who don't want to go deep, but want to work at a deep level, but with more of the material world, which is totally fine, to see what's going on in their life. So interesting. You, I can walk into a home now, and I know pretty much what's going on in that person's inside. And so, <laughs> for example, like when I was helping, when I, I still do it, not as much though, working with women, these high-powered women, these women who've been killing it in corporations, who've climbed the ladder where they shouldn't have, you know, just done it right but still haven't been able to find love because the men that they're attracting are just a bunch of shitheads yeah. and immature men. And I'll walk in and it's like, it'll go one or two ways. Like the house will be extremely sterile and like a catalog, or it'll be kind of childish and college-y. Oh, interesting. And it always shows like where the woman, remember I'm just using women because I, that's the most experience I have. I, I, yeah. I, I've done a lot of couples, but not too many men have hired me for feng shui. So yeah, it's one of those two things where, okay, cool. I don't value, or I, I have the West Elm catalog home check, <laughs> right. you know, with, with the golden pineapples and stuff. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. Or I have this child dish room where it's from college. I have a lot of quotes on the wall and stuff like that. Those are fine. But if you're not able to find someone that you really want, it's the feng shui is basically you're magnetizing your home to bring in what you're putting out. So your home is basically a living vision board of what you're trying to attract. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's quick example. When I first came back, we feng shui our home. Bridget, my wife, was really against it because she married a lawyer not a feng shui master. Okay. And so we started and she's an actress, phenomenal actress. And I was like, you got to throw away these shoes, all these old shoes from your thing. And you have all these old memories of, of acting, but it's holding you back. It's holding you back. And she's like, ah, ah, ah. So we fought like cats and dogs. She ended up getting rid of everything. The minute she got rid of her last pair of shoes, not even joking. She gets a call from an off Broadway producer to be in a show. Wow. And she just stayed in these different shows for like the next five years. She fucking killed it. Wow. Just like that. I've seen it happen with love. There was a woman who had this, we found in her corner, there's different corners sometimes, one of the feng shui's that I do, where 
there could be a love corner. And in her love corner, she had a closet. And the closet, for some reason, the whole home was beautiful. The closet was filthy. It was like a dumping ground of sin. Clear out the closet. And then we go into a little deeper stuff about, you know, self-worth and stuff like that. I think within a month, she found her boyfriend. And then I married the two two years later. <laughs> no way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's wild. Wow. The home and the thing about the home is it is extremely unconscious. So while the books are great and while, you know, all these things, it's like normally with the home, it's one of these things where you don't know what you don't know. I, I had so one woman, she had a, a pocket knife hanging from her bed. She was a single woman that she used or thought she would use as security if anyone ever tried to break in, right? <laughs> so we'd functionate the home. We went deep. You know, there was some trauma and, you know, really starting to build the self-worth up that she was allowed to feel. I go, because every item holds energy, every single item mm. in your home. And I was like, what's the deal with this pocket knife? I'm like, I can't get... I, I can't drop it. What, what's going on with it? And she's like, oh, you know, I use it for security. I was like, yeah, but there's more here. What? What, what is it? What is it? And she's like, that was given to me by my ex-boyfriend who cheated on me. Oh, snap. Can you imagine that energy by the top of your head? <laughs> sleeping every night? <laughs> Boom. She pimped that out. She got rid of it. She moved apartments. And I am now marrying her and her boyfriend. Wow. Yeah, in September. That's insane. Yeah. So when you walk into a space, I mean, you walked into my space. I was I like, love I, was, it. I was like, it's a mess. It's awesome. That's probably like the farthest from feng shui, <laughs> but apparently it's it's not, or it is, but it like tell it like counters that. Yeah, counters yeah. It. So the the way feng shui was originally designed was it was you're supposed to harmonize the house so it would affect the person. The way and that that's fine. That that's good. But you're what I really want to do is get. I want to go a step deeper. Like if by now you can't tell, I love depth. Like I love the darkest parts of people, the brightest parts of people. Mm -hmm. And so the way I do feng shui is I still practice the traditional feng shui, but I now look at what the person wants to change in their life and what they're putting out in the apartment. So like you, for example, right? You are an extremely creative guy, extremely creative and your apartment reflects that fucking thing like <laughs> and so feng shui wise you know it's so creative there's a lot of stuff in here right yeah. you have a lot of stuff in here normally if say you were saying oh i feel really stressed i feel overwhelmed i don't know who i am anymore i'd be like okay cool we need to gut this apartment mm. now you don't you're not saying that you're like i am i am feeling my flow i am feeling creative I feel like this is the first chance I've had to really embrace who I am and, you know, be who I am. This apartment reflects that mm. to me. So it's interesting, like, how you're coming at it. We could go one or two ways. Like, we could change everything. But right now, like, traditional feng shui rules, this apartment would break every rule because, <laughs> because of all of your stuff and all of your creativity. Yeah. However... Since you're so presenced in this apartment with your creativity, it trumps those feng shui rules. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I think for me, it's about like creating a space that takes me to a higher space and that inspires me. So which is why I have all this artwork and, and all these things surrounding me. Cause I think that just like, it's, it's always these reminders of being when I'm just in this space, it takes me to that yeah. higher space. And, and that's, that's, it's obvious. 
Yeah. Like it's really obvious. Yeah. yeah. Now, now I, that said there, I'm still trying to purge and get rid of things. Cause I have a little overwhelmed of how much stuff is in here. <laughs> <laughs> and granted the house cleaner hasn't came. No judgment, but it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, cool. Where, where do you, where do you want to go next? The, the biggest thing though, for anyone listening, who's really looking for a shakeup there in their life, like really, really looking for a shakeup besides hiring a feng shui consultant is purge. Like purge the fuck out of your home. Mm. If if there's one thing to do, it is purge. And I'm talking take Marie Kondo and inject crack into it, and then Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking that level of purge, and it you'll you'll change your life. Yeah, absolutely. I've been trying to purge here and there. I need to like do a a, a bigger a Dude, bigger call purge. Me one day. <laughs> I, I have I have rules. The, the one rule is like for expensive things. That's always the, the hang up for people is like, oh, I have an expensive XYZ. I can't get rid of it. My mom gave it to me. I was like, okay, cool. If it was a buck, if it was $1 that you found at a garage sale, would you still value it? Because in reality, once it was purchased, it only has a dollar value. It has less than that there, right. there's, or no value at all. The other one too is like with clothes, people have different sizes of clothes if they're trying to lose weight or they have these old clothes. One year, if you haven't worn it in one year, out. Like if you're looking for a real big change, you got to be really brutal on this. Yeah. Because no material object, if I can say this to everyone, no material object is allowed to block your soul. Not any goddamn material object is allowed to block, block Ooh, your soul. I like that. I like that. That's great. Isn't it funny how Maria Kondo has become a verb? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's like, it's like Uber or like... Motherfucker. She's... She's killing. She's killing the She's game killing. With, that, with that. My wife folds her the underwear that the way she taught. Ta- <laughs> oh my god! Drives me nuts. I was like, no, you need to brace Kennedy that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's let's verb your Yeah, name let's verb now. that. Brace Kennedy that. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Well, that's pretty much. Do you still do feng shui for people? Or is it just like uh, you do the ISD stuff more? No, I I do a combo now. Like um, I, oh. I still do I still do feng shui on the whole. Love is love is still a big business. Love is still because it's just I'm so damn good at it. And and it's only because people just want it. They want love. And so it happens. But uh yeah, I do I do feng shui a lot, but mainly I'd say the IST and the corporate coaching is really where Got I'm it. throwing my weight in. Uh, yeah. All right, ladies and gents. If you want some love, yeah. bring this guy. <laughs> I uh, yeah i mean you know maybe Let's i'm gonna have it. you come over here yeah <laughs> i'll help you yeah 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 no i love it so yeah what's what's next for you like where are you where are you headed with all this stuff a book so i write a blog i write a blog five days a week to help people it's called the daily boom mm. so my company used to be called boom feng shui uh. and i dropped the feng shui part and now it's uh, i mean my company's not called boom but just as a paying homage to that it's called the daily boom and i, I write this thing and so what I'm now looking to do is turn that blog into a book where people can just have bite-sized pieces of information that they can turn to mm-hmm. when they're feeling stuck. Because that, that's really it. It's like if you're feeling stuck or you feel some level of suffering, like that I think is really my mission in life. Yeah. That where you feel like you don't have options or you feel like you're totally limited, I really, really it – is, it is my mission to break people out of that. And yeah. so, yeah, so that, that's the next one is turning this blog into a book. Where people, I I want to I want to see it on people's nightstands where they flip to it and they're like, "Fuck, you know, I'm stuck." Oh, cool. Here we go. This this little passage will help. Yeah, I love um, that. And then really break that down. There's the one thing I want to. I haven't figured out the title of the book yet, but 
in a meditation, someone, at, when I was meditating for a while, someone goes, Bryce, you have a choice. You know, what are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? And this became, this is my mantra. It was on yeah. all my business cards for a while. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, are you going to choose your former life? Or are you going to choose this new life? And I just went in, I felt my heart and I, and I look at him with all sincerity. I go, fuck it. I choose magic. Ooh. And he's like, what? And I go, I choose magic. And I would never say anything like that. But it was so pure and so true. Like, that's the next level for me is like always choosing magic. Okay, cool. IST, feng shui, corporate coaching, great. What's the next level of magic? You know, like I don't yeah. even know what I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to strive for. No, I love that. It's funny because I've been talking about how like we just recently I've been thinking – Actually, we were just doing it. I did a mushroom journey a couple of like weeks ago with a buddy of mine. And like kind of after that, I mean, obviously I got stars everywhere. Yeah, I love it. I love stars. But like I have this whole idea, right, of like if you follow your stars, things fall into alignment and you create more magic. So the more you just keep listening and following that, that magic becomes bigger and bigger. And which I think is symbolistic, you know, is a symbol for a lot of things. It's probably why I love stars and dreaming and, mm. and you know, ascending to that higher self. And that's where you find that higher self, right? Is when totally. you keep like find it going for that alignment instead of resisting what is uh, keeping you from that. Right. But, it's true. Yeah. But yeah, the magic. I'm all about the magic. The fucking magic, I've been man. finding more and more magic in my life these days. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it, it's, you're right. Once you find it though, like it's addictive because it's like, is this real? Yeah. Is this real? Because... There's the, the cynical lawyer part that's like, oh, I can only believe fact. And then there's the boy who pre-kindergarten believed conclusively that there was magic. Yeah. And that's who I'm allowing to, to, to lead now. Yeah. Yeah. I and love it's that. showing up in ways that I can't <laughs> fucking. Imagine. Yeah. It's funny when you start looking for it, right? You're yeah. like, oh, this, this is just aligning. Like it feels good. It feels magical. And- yeah. And yeah, you got to follow the stars. Yeah, follow the stars, man. Follow the stars. So one last question I'd love to ask all my guests is like, what does the phrase live inspiration mean to you? Live inspiration. First thing that comes to mind is is to be inspired, is is to be inspiration. Mm -hmm. Not for anyone else, but yourself. Like, Mm. To live inspiration to me is is to to actually physically embody inspiration where I get to sit here and talk to you mm-hmm. and all of your listeners. Like that's fucking inspiring where I get to wake up in the morning next to my wife every single day. And, mm-hmm. you know, like if I tried to be it or tried to, to do it any other way besides be it, it would just, it wouldn't land. Yeah. So for me, it's to, to be it, to embody it. And maybe that's a better word, embody it, to embody inspiration yeah love that it's beautiful thank you and where where can people follow you find you get in touch with you on the interwebs all right my website is bryce b-r-y-c-e kennedy.co my blog is forward slash blog and my instagram handle is i am bryce k and i think that's it for me Yeah. yeah awesome yeah well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I acknowledge you for the difference that you're making in this world of ours. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. So we'll uh, see you next time. All right, brother.
Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of Neon Radio with Bryce Kennedy. I am your host, Nick Onkin, and if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you could help us out by leaving us a good review over at Apple Podcasts, sharing the episode out. You could do that with the URL neonradio.com slash EP171, and that's N-I-O-N radio. And you can also find the show notes there if you want to find the links that we talked about in the episode and other fun stuff. You can check out the past episodes at neonradio.com as well. And don't forget to go over and join the Facebook community over at neonlife.com slash community. And with that, you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create your life by creating every small moment. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>